relaxing getaway to forget about the election and the coronavirus lockdown? Well, look no further. Welcome to the Nation of Chaz. It's the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone located within beautiful downtown Seattle. It's the anarchist utopia you never knew you needed. Just look at all the things you're missing out on. A welcoming committee greeting you upon arrival. Did not respond to our request for a request for information about what they plan to do next. Luxury accommodations. For the intellectual types, we've got thought-provoking artwork. Not wild about cops? Good news, because there are none. Masked men with guns will keep you safe and sound throughout your stay. Even CNN says it's a totally peaceful scene. If, in fact, there is going to be federal officers or federal law enforcement come to this area, it is not going to be a pretty situation. Oh, what does CNN know? Back to the good stuff. Check out these state-of-the-art porta-potties. And for freedom fighters looking for live entertainment, our radicals will serenade you with lovely tunes like this one. As you can see, Chaz has it all. So come on down to the place where everyone's welcome and diversity is appreciated. As long as you're not a capitalist, a meat eater, a police officer, or someone that stands for the anthem. We'll see you soon. Everybody and welcome to tonight's show of the K2 Podcast. Um, if you're just tuning in, make sure you hit that like button. And uh, if you're new here uh, on YouTube, please uh, hit the subscribe button. Help me reach, uh, reach my subscriber goal for the month. Um, now, if you uh, missed me last week, I had to uh, take care of kind of a personal uh, issue, so the show was uh, canceled for last week's episode, but I do appreciate uh, those of you who uh, reached out to me to make sure that everything was okay. Uh, that certainly meant a lot, so thank you for that. Um, but enough with all of that. Uh, what we just saw there was actually a parody video from Tucker Carlson uh, from Inside Chaz, which apparently they've changed the na name to Chop now. Um, and, you know, I, and while I got to admit that video is, you know, very funny, uh, let's not forget that this place is being patrolled by armed uh, individuals. And also over the weekend, we heard about a shooting that actually took place, uh, actually killing one p uh killing one person um so that was kind of interesting and you know and as hard as it is not to poke fun or crack a few jokes uh, about the whole situation surrounding chaz or chop um it is a serious problem and at some point i believe that things are going to get worse you know um i don't know exactly what that's going to look like or what that involves but i do believe that things are going to get a little bit a little bit tougher uh, as far as decision making goes um, but we are going to take a look or a closer look at the shooting and kind of a little bit more stuff surrounding Chaz or chop um, uh, but uh, we'll definitely you know take a closer look at all of that uh, but first I kind of wanted to talk a little bit of something uh, that I noticed with President Trump um, so with Trump you know, one thing that I noticed is I'm like, why hasn't he put a stop to this? You know, as a president, you're supposed to be a leader. You're supposed to uh, keep the country safe. Um, and, um, you know, so I, I've been really critical of Trump's actions here lately because uh, I don't feel like he's stepped up to the plate. Um, but, you know, 
as I got to thinking about it, you know, one of the lines that I've heard Trump use before is like, hey, you know, I'm willing to help, but the governors or mayors of these states have to reach out to me. And if they reach out to me, I'm willing to provide the resources in which they need. Now, my initial thought when I heard this stuff is like, why do you need their request for help uh, before you decide to go out there? You know, why? I mean, why wouldn't you... you why wouldn't you take it upon yourself to just get the job done? So I had pondered on this a little bit, and I'm trying to think to myself, well, what exactly, you know, is going on? Why hasn't he handled it? Well, I think I came up with a solution, or at least a reason behind it, because, like I said, I first thought to myself, like, hey, go out there and handle the situation. But I think he's saying, hey, you know, they have to ask for the help because... If if they don't ask for the help and Trump takes it upon himself to so-called handle the situation, then basically the governors or the mayors of these states can save face and say, well, uh, when Trump does take action, they can say, well, I didn't ask Trump to do this. I don't know why he's doing this. And basically they can kind of walk off scot-free and be critical of Trump and kind of join forces or join sides or make it look like they're on the same side as the protesters, so to speak, and not have to face the, uh, criticism that might come with taking action against, you know, these violent situations. So I think that, you know, by them, by him saying, hey, look, you have to ask me for help is his way of saying either you can join me, ask for help, or, you know, I'll just let it go and, you know, you'll be responsible for the repercussions. I don't know if that's exactly the right choice. Um, Hopefully that kind of makes sense in a way because I think it's like he's saying, well, look, I'm not going to, you know, take action so that that way when I go in there, oh, they can say, oh, well, I didn't ask Trump to do this. And they kind of get to walk off scot-free. Um, I'm sure many of you heard the mayor of Seattle. Uh, her name's Jenny uh, Durkin. Uh, she's been calling CHOP, you know, oh, it's a festival-like scene and it's the summer of love she's been quoted on. Um, but I've researched what the goal of CHOP is, and I don't know if you guys know this. Uh, the goal of CHOP is creating a neighborhood without police. Now, they have some other goals listed along with all of this, but you kind of – that's their main goal. Like It seems like their, their main focus is just creating a neighborhood without police. But we're going to take a look a, a little bit, take a look at – what it look with that type of environment looks like so i want to play a video for you guys a couple of videos of what it looks like inside chaz let's take a look at this first clip here so just to set this clip up this is a preacher who apparently went out with some sort of speaker and a microphone and was kind of trying to get his word out and ultimately the protesters of chaz didn't like that and we're going to take a look at that clip and we'll kind of go from there no one is trying to hold you captive, hold but you cannot play the speaker anymore. Yes, I will. No, we cannot. No, we cannot. We will. We will preach the king. We will talk about our king. He's going to do it. We will talk it. Hang on. Let's hang on. Let's hang on. Hang on. Let's hang on. Let's hang on. Let's hang on. Let's hang Give me the spirit of the Lord. So there you have it on the first clip. That was the preacher. Now, not to 
to take up for those individuals who were restraining him. But that guy appeared to have some kind of mental issues going on. But I do agree with him being able to go out there, preach the word, use his freedom of speech to do so. But it's kind of interesting to see that, you know, freedom of speech inside a chop doesn't apply for everyone. It only applies to the people if you share the same ideology or the same message that they want to put out. As soon as you go against the grain or you don't share the same views as them, you're going to be attacked. You're going to be, you know, frowned upon. They're going to Basically, uh, from if I've actually got the link, if you want to watch that whole video, that's not the whole video. I just clipped a little segment of it there. You can watch the whole video. It kind of gets a lot worse. They take his equipment away from him and... You know, he's saying, hey, stop restraining me. It takes like five, six guys, which is kind of interesting considering uh, it's kind of the same scene that we saw with George Floyd, which is the exact thing that they were going against, you know, four or five guys for one person. You know, it's the same thing. So it's it's getting quite a lot out of hand. But the next thing that we're going to get into is the shooting in, uh, inside of Chaz. Now, the shooting was kind of, uh, it ultimately killed one person, and cops actually attempted to go to the scene to investigate, you know, see if there was other uh, injuries, which there were. They also wanted to kind of just make, I guess, just do a welfare check, if you will. You know, I don't know if that's the correct term, but they go out there to investigate and we're going to take a look at the clip and we'll talk a little bit about uh, what the cops encountered uh, uh, after the shooting so let's just take a look at this real quick and we'll go we'll go from there dude there's gunshots i'm out of here no change there might be a lot more destroying until there is all right so i gotta pause it right there sorry about that all right so you saw the shooting you don't get to see the whole shooting per se um you know you actually don't get to see any of it there is another clip on it obviously i can't play it on youtube um because of their guidelines but that kind of gives you a sense of the scene and what goes on at nighttime you have shootings going on now again the police went out there and ultimately were met by protesters at the entrance saying you know you're not welcome here you're not going to come in when they're coming to investigate not only a murder but also to see if there's potent other potential subjects now the cops were met by these protesters who were saying the the um, victims have already been transported to the hospital you have no reason to be here you guys have guns get out of here which is kind of interesting because they have guns as well they have armed individuals protecting the premises so to speak um, so they're met by the you know and you can look this stuff up. I also have a few links down below in the description if you want to do a little bit of research on the situation yourself. Um, but the whole thing is just turning messy. And I don't think, you know, the, like I said, the mayor was saying, oh, it's a summer of love. This doesn't look too lovely, if you ask me. It looks quite dangerous. And also, just to take it a step further, we're going to take a look at this one last clip surrounding this uh, chop uh, scenario. We're going to get a little bit of a look into the minds of what these individuals think. So we're going to take a look at kind of how the process of their thinking goes and what they're their thought process process is going through all of this so let's just take a look at this clip no change there might be a lot more destroying until there is right it's the voice of the unheard but i think some destruction and looting kind of sends a message to people and breaking their 
is justified. In order to I'm not going to dismantle the same nation that is deemed legitimate, we kinda have to destroy it. We said, you know what, the property. the consumption, f capitalism. I mean, white people own slaves, so so that lady, she's like, oh, white people own slaves, so fuck them. Like, she doesn't even have, like, a care in the world. It's like, she's just like, oh, I'm just happy to be here. Like, she doesn't have any purpose. It doesn't feel like she has any uh, passion about the movement and what's go going on. It's just like, oh, well, just fuck it. Like, you know, fuck them. She just had this poor-ass attitude about the whole situation. Um <laughs> It's just, it's quite pitiful, but let's keep watching because it gets a little worse. All we need is like the love of one another and the communal aspect of one another and taking care of each other. While these sentiments were the majority opinion of most people in the Chaz, was it reflective of the leadership of this Lilliputian utopia? The question was answered when we interviewed Jaden Grayson, one of the leaders of this movement. Every single day that I show up here, I'm not here to peacefully protest. I'm here to disrupt until my demands are met. So I'm here to disrupt until my demands are met. And I just want to point out the fact that she said my demands are met. So it's kind of interesting to see that there's supposed to be this lovey-dovey nation or or I don't I shouldn't even call it a nation. But there's supposed to be this lovey-dovey community where we look out after one another and we take care of each other and everybody's equally important and, you know, black lives matter. But she's going out of her way to say until her demands are met. So pushing her whole group and the entire movement to the side and that's what you're going to kind of see or what i anticipate on seeing as we go along i mean you go through this stuff and you start to see individuals take advantage of the situation put their own needs before others and it's turning into chaos we're going to keep on watching though you cannot rebuild until you break it all the way down respond to the demands of the people or prepare to be met with any means necessary by any means necessary that's not just a slogan no so i've seen this clip before i'm sorry to pause it there but i want you guys to pay attention to something here because i almost feel like this lady is acting and trying to kind of enrage people a little bit because what she's going to do is she's going to look down and you'll see her come up and kind of get into character and kind of try to get more serious she's like she looks down and she'll look up and kind of get more serious about what she's saying. So take a look at this and see if you notice it. And, you know, maybe you can let me know if you notice the same thing. No. No, it's not a slogan. It's not even a warning. I'm letting people know what comes next. So she's saying, I'm letting people know what comes next. You know, so the whole thing is kind of weird. I, ain't, I mean... I personally can't get behind all of this stuff. You know, like I said, I'm to like I'm all for the equal rights of all citizens, you know. That's something I can get behind. You know, that is something that I think everybody should be treated equally and fairly. Um but I'm not going to get behind a movement uh that, you know, when destruction and torture and demands and all of these things are at the forefront instead of what the original message which was equal rights or you know and that's that's been pushed aside so you're starting to see that um how kind of getting inside the mind of how these people think and what's actually on their brains um 
And Brian Garrett in the chat says she's threatening cops. That's how I feel about it as well also. I mean, I feel like she's threatening cops and not only cops, people in general. She said by any means necessary. So if an average citizen just wants to go in like the preacher we just saw that just wants to spread the word of God, he's going to get attacked. If you don't line up with their views, you're going to be attacked. So um, I don't want to spend too much more time on that particular instance, but I did want to kind of just give you a little bit of insight as to what's going on and you know Trump's getting a lot of criticism for it and I'm going to give him criticism as well I don't believe he's handled this as the best that he could you know I like to give credit where credit is due and I criticize where criticism is due um but it's 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 a very tough situation when there's such a divide in the country um when you know you're making these type of calls but uh we're going to move on to our next story which actually and does involve trump his rally um so trump uh had his rally out there in tulsa um and i gotta say i was quite surprised by the crowd um you know, it was much less than I was expecting, especially with his remarks saying that over one million uh, reservations were made. And it was kind of interesting. So is he losing support or is this another 2016 election situation fueled by the media de deception? You know, because this was kind of the thing that they, you know, it's almost like deja vu where the media comes out and says, oh, Trump doesn't have the support. Look at his rally. It wasn't even full. And then what do you know? He beats Hillary Clinton. So is this the same thing going on here? I'm not really sure. You know, why don't you guys decide? You can comment down below what you think on that. But I was, I will have to say, you know, based upon the crowd side and the photos that I saw, um, you know, I was I was quite surprised. It was it was a smaller crowd than I had personally anticipated. Um, but I have several reasons as to why that you know the crowd was possibly smaller, and uh, we're going to go over a couple of those things. So the first thing that came uh, came up was uh, AOC made a tweet. Um, she, uh, we'll read the tweet off here. She says, uh, actually this was, and this was her tweet in response to Trump's or Trump's campaign explaining the, why the, the attendance was so low. So she goes on to say, actually, you just got rocked by teens on TikTok who flooded the Trump campaign with fake ticket reservations and tricked you into believing a million people wanted your white supremacist open mic enough to pack an arena during COVID. Shout out to all the boom or excuse me, the zoomers. Y'all make me so proud. Now, this is a weird tweet, and I'm gonna tell you why. And for me, it's weird because first off, she's an adult encouraging children, TikTokers, who are probably not even old enough to vote yet, you know, and she's encouraging them and and saying that she's proud of them. It's almost like and like I said, these kids are probably not even old enough to vote, but it's almost like she's taking on like a mother figure kind of role and you know saying yeah good job i'm so proud of you guys and i don't know it's just weird to me um just, i don't know but another i'm it's just strange she's got this weird vibe to her but another excuse i've heard is people like to also go to these events with their families. Um, some people like to take their whole family to the event. They take their children. They go as a group and you know, with the, the, there was a, a little bit of speculation that, you know, 
violence could erupt you know, in the matter of moments at this because, of course, Black Lives Matter protesters were there um, and, the, you know, people were worried that, hey, if I bring my children or if I bring the whole family out and violence erupts, uh, you know, it could be a real situation and you're putting your children in harm's way. And that was one of the criticisms we've seen in the Black Lives Matter movement or, 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 or protests because of, you've probably seen the photo of the little girl getting milk poured in her eyes because she got tear gassed or, or pepper spray was in the air. And that was one of the main criticisms some of these people were facing was that hey you're bringing your kids out to these situations um when you know violence could potentially erupt and i'm not saying it's wrong to teach your kid about protests and you know showing them how to um exercise their rights but you could do that safely from home you don't want to bring your five or six year old child to an event where violence is potentially erupting it which there's been an ongoing theme of that there's a they have a reputation of that so it's not like it was like oh everything's been pretty peaceful i think it's okay to bring you know my family out and speak out on what we what we uh believe but you can't do that no because of the the past actions and the reputation that's you know been that you've seen throughout the whole protest you know so that was just a, a, another aspect of it. Um, that was another reason why some people have speculated the crowd was smaller. But we also heard from Trump's uh, advisor, Mercedes Schlapp. She said some Trump supporters were blocked and deterred uh, or deterred or blocked by protesters. And we also had a tweet from Trump's campaign manager, um, and he tweeted about the low response. We'll bring up his tweet here. And his tweet um, – I don't know if you guys can read that there, but I'll read it off. And it says, radical protesters fueled by a week of apocalyptic media coverage interfered with Donald Trump's supporters at the rally. They even blocked access to metal detectors preventing people from entering. So, you know, that was something else that I heard. And so how many people were actually at the protest? Well, uh, a public information officer for the Tulsa Fire Department uh, said that attendance at Trump's Tulsa rally was just under 6,200. The venue holds around 19,000 people. So, you know, it was roughly, I guess you could say, a third of the building was actually packed. How many people actually was prevented from getting in? I'm not sure. Um, is it a, is it? a sign that his campaign is slowing or that maybe he doesn't garner that support were they trying to set a good example and not crowd the place because of covid i'm not really sure um maybe you guys can kind of decide that but it's just something to think about and whether or not you know trump is going to win this election because a lot of people i have to be honest a lot of people have speculated that you know Trump's a shoe in but I'm not so sure at this point. You know, you haven't Biden hadn't, hasn't announced who his woman VP would be, and I wouldn't be surprised if some kind of power move. I've heard speculations that he picks Michelle Obama. Um, that would be a crazy move. Um, but I ultimately think I could be wrong here. But if I'm right, you'll get to say you heard it here first on the show from me. And I think he's going to pick a woman. Joe Biden's health will come into play where he'll have to step down, resign or whatever it may be and get out of office. And then a woman will be able to take place. And it's like a perfect shoe in for a woman to become president of the United States without having to be elected. I don't know if that's true. That's just my personal speculation on the situation. And quite frankly, I'm not totally opposed to a woman being president. However, it just seems so shady that, you know, you would have to go that route to make it happen if that's really what's going on. 
Whether that's true or not, I'm not really sure. You'll have to decide for yourself. Um, but we're going to go on to our next story, which is kind of interesting because Officer J. Alexander Kunig Kunig is this, was spotted. I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name right. Quang Kung. I don't know. But a video has surfaced of the officer um, who was a rookie cop um, in the George Floyd case, and the video shows him getting a few groceries. Um, he was out at the. Uh, he's out on bond. He had to go out and get a few groceries, and he was approached by a woman. Um, now. While I don't agree with this officer's actions um, during the whole uh, case, the whole, or not, I shouldn't say the case, but the whole incident surrounding George Floyd, I guess the murder of George Floyd, uh, so everyone surrounding that whole case, I, I believe, acted poorly and didn't use their best judgment. Um, however, I certainly don't agree with this woman's tactics who approached him either. So let's take a quick look at the clip of her uh, running into this officer out in public. What? What's your name? Oh, yeah, that's me. It is you. Mm -hmm. So you're out of prison. Yes. Yeah. And you're comfortably shopping in Cub Foods. As if you didn't do anything. I'm not, well, I wouldn't call it comfortably. I'd just say getting necessities. Or helping. Do you, I don't think you should have that right. I don't even think you should be out on bail. I can understand. I mean, how does it feel? I'm sorry you feel that way. No, you're not sorry. Like, you're literally outside here comfortably as if you didn't kill that man. Did you think that people weren't going to recognize you? Honestly, did you? You don't have the right to be here. You, you, you killed somebody in cold blood. You do not have the right to be here. I'll get my stuff paid. No, we don't want you to get your stuff. We want you to be locked up. You're honestly in Kaboos, comfortably shopping, out of prison. Like, do, do you feel any remorse for what you did? Do you? I'm just going to grab my stuff. This is the officer who was let out of jail today for shooting George Floyd. Or, I'm sorry, suffocating him. You're not going to be able to comfortably go around Minnesota like this. I pulled up the picture. I knew it was you. It's just like he was there when they were killing him. And it's just like this is crazy that you're here just thinking everything's okay. I mean, you don't want to apologize. You don't want to say anything like, no. Because this video is going to be on the Internet. Yeah come outside thinking that we don't know what he looks like how dare you you're not going to be able to come to live in minnesota after that or anywhere and you will be going back to jail trust trust yeah he bailed out how'd you get the money how'd you get the money and you're lucky that they don't have your address you're lucky that they don't have your address hi this is uh, one of the police officers that was involved in killing George Floyd. He was out on bail today, and he's over here comfortably shopping in Kaboos as if. So there you have the clip. Now, again, I don't agree with the way the officer conducted himself during the incident with George Floyd. But I definitely, again, don't want to say I don't agree with this woman's tactics for a couple of different reasons. Um, one of those reasons being that, you know, ultimately... I don't know. I guess no one will be happy. I guess because he's out on bond, we have a justice system. Um, 
you know, they're not happy, one, because he's out on bond, or either two, they believe he should be dead, or three, they should, they, you know, they don't want him out on bond. Um, they, I mean, there's a couple of different scenarios that you can go with as to why they're upset, you know, and rightfully so. I'm not saying they're wrong, but ultimately, if the guy is living, he's out by following the law and what's been provided to him, you know, you kind of have to... You, you know, you. I mean, I don't. I don't. I just. I don't know if the this approach is the right approach. The guy's got to live regardless. Um, of course, you know the the argument there would be, well, George Floyd deserved to live. What about that? And you know, I'm not taking away from that. That's totally. I've I've, I've remained consistent that you know i don't believe george floyd deserved to lose his life today but ultimately i don't believe this guy deserves to lose his life um you know he hasn't had a trial yet he hasn't been to court we don't know the all the circumstances of as of yet um again we have to remember that this guy was a rookie cop um his defense attorney uh tom plunkett uh, is his name is saying that uh his client had been on the police uh police force for just four days when floyd was killed now all although i did a little bit more research into this uh, actually and i dug a little deeper and police records actually indicated that while the men were rookies they joined the department in february of 2019 and became full officers in december so obviously there's more than just four days of service but you have to keep in mind as um you're joining the force and your your superior is there or somebody who outranks you so to speak or who you're supposed to be learning from you don't typically question every move they make now I would say that you know the difference between right or wrong he should have stepped up and said hey you know you shouldn't be leaning on his neck that long I do agree with that but I do see how in some instances where somebody may sit back and say, well, I guess my boss knows what he's doing, you know, and it's frowned upon to speak uh, uh, up or tell, speak out when, you know, you think somebody's wrong. So that is one thing I would like to see change. You know, some of these officers got to step up and say, hey, I don't appreciate what you're doing or, you know, like, you know, find a way to do it in a non-demeaning way to your teammates, you know, as a good leader, a strong leader, somebody who can you know uh set the example and set the tone can do it in a way that doesn't embarrass his teammates and kind of say hey man you know uh let me take over why don't you go step off to the side i'm gonna take over here and i'll handle this situation you know don't worry about it you know and that's what a good leader should have done so again i don't agree with the way this guy handled himself but i don't agree with that he should be attacked in public getting groceries i mean this guy's life is ultimately going to be uh, forever changed by this and he's probably going to see some jail time I wouldn't be surprised um, now he the judge did set his bail at $750,000 um, which I believe was ultimately lowered because as you heard in the video she was where where'd you get the money where'd you get the money which quite frankly isn't any of her business um, however um, he was out on bond and or and um i know that his attorney actually asked the judge for a lower uh bail because uh saying his clients were rookies you know they're on a cop's salary could you lower their bail um so maybe that he did do that i'm not sure that's just speculation at this point um but we're going to move on to our next story of the night which is kind of a a downer for sure i mean this one is a tough one, but a 20-year-old investor commits suicide after he noticed his Robinhood account was negative $700,000. Now, if you're not familiar with Robinhood, it's basically an investing app um, that has become 
fairly popular over the past year or so with uh, new investors. It's kind of like the entryway into investing. Uh, they got a huge marketing campaign. I'm sure you've definitely heard of them. But this uh, this story definitely caught my eye for several reasons. One, I enjoy investing. Um, but we also talk about investing on the show. And one thing I've always av advocated is, you know, do your research. Um, make sure that you're doing, you're picking stocks that you're comfortable with at the price range you're comfortable with. You know, you never want to go haywire when you're you know learning it's it's a process you have to take your time and learn find a mentor somebody to talk to that's why i wanted to develop a group of people that would you know like to talk about these things bounce ideas off of each other so things like this doesn't you know happen um so i'm certainly uh, uh sad to hear about this whole story but um i i, I just couldn't envision you know, me waking up one day and seeing my account at negative 700,000. Um, I'm not exactly sure uh, if he knew exactly what he was doing or uh, how it even came to be. But I would like to take a look at his portfolio and kind of take a look at the picks that he made because I'm really curious as to did he just buy? I, I mean, I'd like to really see uh, uh, inside of that portfolio and kind of get an idea if I could understand what he was thinking as a uh, uh, apparently an amateur investor. He was labeled an amateur investor, and some people say, "Well, how the hell did he get seven hundred thousand dollars in debt if he's uh, if he's an amateur?" Well, come to find out, he actually purchased these stocks on margin. Now, if you're not fully familiar with what margin means it basically means you're buying the securities and the stocks um, on a front basically you know you don't have all the cash up front so you purchase these stocks with the uh, intentions to pay it later down the road and that's basically you know long story short on what a margin is um, but some people are actually pointing the finger at uh, Robin Hood for this gentleman's death because some are saying there's no way that a 20 year old with allegedly no income at all should have been able to you know purchase stocks on a margin especially uh, one because he had no income according uh, to the articles and things that I've read but also two at such an astronomical amount, I mean, to get 700k in the hole, almost a million dollars, seems really bizarre to me. You know, that's a lot of damn money. And how did that get through the cracks with Robinhood to allow him to invest so much? So I'm genuinely curious about this story, and I'm going to try to keep up with the information because it was interesting to me, and I know a, a, a few people who watch the show who are in tune with investing, and that's part of the reason why they tune into the show is for our investing segments. Um, so I'm sure that they would want to hear more about this. Um, the story's still kind of developing because the family, um, they've been reached out to. Also, Robin Hood did reach out to the family, offer their condolences um, regarding in the matters but the family isn't quite ready to discuss everything that's happened they did say he left a note behind that's how they know this was the cause of the incident um, he left a note uh, to his family um, but they're just not ready to discuss what happened and rightfully so um, so uh, you know that's a, it's a tragic story uh, but it, it was sad to see that kind of kind of go down but uh, lastly, what we're going to do here is I want to talk about uh, a giveaway I have planned for you guys. Uh, I'm going to be giving away an Amazon gift card, $25. Um, so this is all you have to do in order to be eligible to win the gift card. 
The first thing that you have to do is you have to go to the K2 Podcast page on Facebook. The link is in the description below. You click on that link. You hit the like button to the K2 Podcast page. It's going to notify me every person who likes the page. I'll be notified. And what you can basically do, um, that will get you enter, entered into the contest. So once I get the notification that you like the page, I'll put your name on the list to be drawn for this gift card. Now you have an opportunity if you've already, and also I want to say for the people that already like the page you actually are, will already be automatically entered into this contest so you're not excluded for the people who've already been fans of the show and who watch it every week with me. Um, uh, so if you like the K2 podcast page already or if you're a new person who likes it, you'll be entered in to win the contest. Another way to get an additional entry. So you have multiple ways to get multiple entries in order to win the contest. The second way that you can get an additional entry into the contest is by... Uh, sharing this week's episode you can share this video right here if you share this video it will notify me that you shared the video obviously and what I will do is I will add you know another entry to your name so you'll have two chances to win the $25 gift card and if you're feeling real ballsy and you want to get that third chance to win the gift card you can share this video so you like the, the or excuse me you can like this video so if you like the K2 podcast page if you uh, share this video and like this video, you can have three different ways to have an entry into the contest. Um, so hopefully that'll be kind of something new to join, uh, you know, kind of drum up some uh, new members of the show and kind of uh, build the audience as we continue to grow. Um, I've certainly seen a lot of growth here uh, between all platforms that the show streams on. We're live on YouTube. We're live on Facebook. Um, we're on iTunes, Spotify, also on Anchor FM. I'm on a new website called Bullhorn. Um, so uh, the show is growing and uh, I've been blessed to do it. It's been real fun. I'm learning a new skill. Um, so just, you know, I I'll be excited to have you guys as a listener. And if you want to win a gift card, uh, all you have to do is, like I said, go to the K2 podcast page. The link is down in the description. If you like this video, you'll also uh, be entered in with an additional entry. And if you share this video, you'll get a third entry. So that's three ways to uh, uh, three uh, ways to kind of uh, uh, what's the word that I'm looking for? Three ways to kind of jump uh, or, or enter into the contest, multiple entries, if you will. Um, but uh, that's pretty much all I have planned for you guys. I don't want to keep going on and uh, just beating it away here. Uh, I hope everybody had a wonderful weekend. I hope all the dads out there had a great Father's Day. I certainly got to spend some time with my daughter. We had a great time. Um, so thank you so much, you guys, for tuning in tonight. I know it was a little bit of a shorter episode than usual, but we're going to be back next Monday and we'll announce the winner of the gift card so next monday you have up until saturday to like com comment share all that good stuff if you do any of those things you will get an entry into the contest um, for the gift card um, but i believe that's going to be it for tonight's show god bless everybody and take care thank you so much for tuning in we'll see you guys next week